All right, so we have a solid seven-game slate here on Monday. Really quick, though, if this is your first time watching, welcome to my channel. My name is DK. Again, we'll be talking about the NBA DFS slate. I also make videos for NBA, or NFL, I should say, as well as prize picks. If you guys are looking for more in-depth content, you can check my Patreon link down below. A lot of different packages, DFS packages, as well as prize picks packages. Prize picks is the sponsor of this video. It is a player prop site if you're not familiar with it. Um, they offer a lot of different sports. You can mix and match. So if you guys want to try it out, make sure to use my code DKDFS. That'll give you 100% match up to $100. So basically free $100 to play with on the site. Been running a little bit cold on price picks last couple of days, but hoping to bounce back uh, tomorrow. Okay, so let's quickly recap the last couple of days for myself. So uh, Saturday night, uh, Alan, how is THT playing less with Mike Conley out? Someone, someone give me that answer, okay? He plays 10 minutes. But in other games with Conley in, he's playing 20-plus minutes off the bench. I just, one fancy point from THT. If he gives me anything here, it's probably a really, really good night. It still was a solid night. still cash easily in tournaments everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I talked about how I was personally going to go Isaiah Jackson over Jalen Smith and GBPs. That worked out in a big, big way. Uh, the Memphis guys were chalk, but they smashed. I was eating that chalk for sure. Halburn was a guy that I really, really liked if the game could stay competitive. It did. He smashed. Vanderbilt was on pace for triple-double, then did not come back for some reason. That did tilt me. I was debating with him and Dylan Brooks. Obviously made the wrong decision there. And then Colin Sexton rounded out my lineup. So uh, good back-to-back days there Friday, Saturday. And then tonight, uh, did not hit in GPPs. Um, I uh, was giving myself some flexibility, though, for... The later games to see what was going to happen with Jabari Smith and um, Anthony Davis. Unfortunately, they both ended up playing. I was kind of hoping at least one or even both would sit, um, so I can make some some changes. But um, yeah, so I I didn't I wasn't able to get to. Uh, I, I told everyone on Patreon, two guys I'm the most scared about fading the early games are Pool and Mitchell, and they both smashed. So that kind of what killed me. Um, Pool started really slow, but then went for like 30 fancy points in two minutes. Um, and the ownership, I, I'm not going to call it any site specifically, but ownership. It's been really off um, this year. Uh, Mitchell is projected for like 14, 15% ownership. It was like 37% in the big tournament and like 55% in higher stakes stuff. So that just, I don't know. It was just a little bit frustrating. But um, yeah, so I, I kind of game stacked the Houston and Phoenix, Houston and Phoenix game. You want KPJ, Booker, um, my boy Sengun, Chris Paul, Bridges and Jalen Green, who I played back to back slates now, and he's shot a combined like 5% from the field. So, can you just make your shots, Jalen, please? Uh, but yeah, that's the recap of last couple of days for myself. So, let's now get into the seven game slate. We'll start off with Sacramento and Charlotte. This is a game you got two teams that play fast, two teams that play very little defense. Um, yeah, I like this game quite a bit. Uh, top end guys, you got Fox and Sabonis. I think are both good plays. Fox playing like 35 minutes a night. He's been playing really, really well. And then uh, Sabonis has been in foul trouble like every single game. Literally, he's been in foul. He fouled out here. Foul trouble here. Uh, just got benched here for some reason. Was on pace for 70. He got benched. Foul trouble here. Massive foul trouble here. So I think game log watchers might avoid Sabonis, but... As long as he's in enough foul trouble, I think he's at a really nice price here. So I think it's a nice buy low opportunity in Sabonis. I really, really like him. Keegan Murray, 6K. Uh, I think he's a good play too. Playing huge minutes right now. 38, 39, 36 minutes. He's a guy that's getting a lot of shot attempts up. I think he's a decent option there. Definitely would rank him though behind Fox and Sabonis. Kevin Herter, it's just so typical. So typical. 
Play him here, gets injured, plays one minute in the second half. The very next game, 8 of 11, 7 of 8 from 3, 45 fantasy points. But I play Kevin Herter injured. He is also a decent option in the mid-range. Harrison Barnes is 4.9. Um, you kind of know you're getting out of Harrison Barnes. He's going to play pretty, uh, pretty big minutes, but probably not do a ton with them. And uh, Sacramento did kind of tighten up the rotation last game. Uh, so off the bench, there's not a ton that I really am interested in. I mean, Malik Monk's always someone you can consider in GPPs because when he gets it going, they can extend him a little bit, and he does have a high ceiling. But I don't know if I'm really going to consider anyone else. So moving on to Charlotte. Charlotte, Rogier doubtful, Cody Martin doubtful. So kind of know what's happening here with Charlotte. Hayward, Dennis Smith Jr., Ubre. These guys should all play like low 30s minutes. That game against Golden State did go to overtime last game, so they all played a bit more. But I think they're all at like fair price points, uh, DSJ, Hayward, and Ubre. Um, so they all look pretty solid here to me. I don't think there's any like standout plays, but this is a game I could definitely see stacking up. Peach Washington had a really good game. I would say I was more of an outlier for him. Um, he's normally, you know, kind of the, the fourth, maybe fifth option offensively. So he's someone I'm kind of indifferent on. Plumley and Richards are splitting the center minutes, so a little bit tough to prioritize either. They're both fair values. Like, they're, they're decent point-per-minute guys, but I wouldn't say either are priority plays for me. McDaniels is playing, you know, around low 20 minutes on the bench. Uh, he did play 32 last game. I don't know if we get those that type of run from McDaniels again. You're getting some run from Boke Knight and Maladon off the bench, but those are only guys I'd probably consider if you think the game blows out. All right, Philadelphia and Washington and Embiid. Can he just play? Can he just play, please? Missed a couple games ago. It forces me out of... I don't want to play Harden, all right? I do not want to play Harden. So please, Embiid, play. Please. He's questionable. If he misses, uh, James Harden without Embiid should be a smash. But last time he won for 23 fantasy points when I finally played him without Joel Embiid. With Joel Embiid at 99% ownership, 102 fantasy points when I fade. Unreal. But yeah, Harden, Maxi, Harris, these guys all get a boost if Joel Embiid is out. And then I'll, it'll be interesting to see if they try to go small ball again with Tucker at the five and move Melton in the starting lineup. If that's the case, Melton looks really good. Um, if they go bigger and throw like Harrell in the starting lineup, I think he would look really good. So definitely some potential value there if Embiid is out. If Embiid is in, I don't know if there's any standout plays for me. I mean, it's a decent matchup. I think Embiid himself would look pretty good, but he's not been good this year. Like, Embiid has really not been good. He had that one 67 fantasy point game. But other than that, he has struggled. Um, so, yeah, Maxi. I mean, Maxi's always a guy, even if Embiid plays, you can go to in tournaments. Like, he has a very high ceiling when he, when he gets it going because uh, that guy's not afraid to shoot. He's aggressive offensively. So, uh, that's kind of it for Philly. Not going to consider anyone else there on the bench. On the Washington side, not a ton here. Philly plays at a slow pace. Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma, all fine contrarian options. No priorities, though. Monty Morris is 5-4. He probably plays around 30 minutes in competitive game. That just seems fine. Will Barton's at 4-7, and his minutes are kind of all over the place. He's a fine tournament play. Rui and Denny are kind of splitting the four minutes. Neither really stand out to me. I mean, they're both like fair values. 3-9 for Denny. Uh, and then you got a 4.1K for Rui. Gafford's playing the backup five. If Porzingis does get in foul trouble, he could get a little bit more run. And if Embiid plays, there definitely is some potential foul trouble there for Porzingis. Atlanta and Toronto. So Atlanta, we we know what's going on here. They're running a tight rotation. Murray, Young, they're both playing like 35 to 40 minutes a game. Um, Trey Young, I'll say, has, is the guy with a little bit of higher ceiling. John Murray, a little bit higher floor, doing more of the peripheral stats, but maybe not as high of a ceiling. So the two Atlanta guards, I think, are decent options. Collins has been quiet last couple games, but he's still been playing pretty consistent minutes. 
Um, 6.3K is a decent bounce back candidate there. Capella and Okongu are splitting the center mats. They're both fair plays. Hunter at 4.7, kind of just indifferent on him. And I'm not really considering anything off the bench because they're not playing anyone big minutes. Toronto, so Toronto, when they're fully healthy as a team, that outside of Siakam, they're all like usually just secondary plays for me. So Siakam's the guy I like the best here at 8.9. Assuming he stays out of foul trouble, he's going to play, you know, 38 or so minutes. Um, so I do like him a good amount there, sub 9K. The rest are kind of just there. They're all just filler plays. Van Fleet, Barnes, Trent, OG, and Anubi. Um, you know, probably at least one of these guys will have a good game if the game says competitive. But yeah, there's no standouts. If I had to pick one, it would be Van Fleet there at 7-7. Um, you got to chew on Boucher off the bench. I have a little bit of interest in my boy Boucher just because he's productive when he's on the court. Good shot blocker. So 4.1K. Uh, do think he's viable in GPPs. Indiana, Brooklyn. So we're running the same game back again. Um, there is a little bit of blowout risk, but Indiana did win last game. So Albert, 8.5K. The minutes, you know, have been you know, around 35 a game recently, last few games. And this is a great matchup. So if it stays competitive, I mean, the ceiling is very clearly there with Halberton. Um, last game, you did see Miles Turner miss. Now, it was your left ankle injury management, so I think he's back because I don't see him on the injury report. So, uh, assuming Miles Turner is back, I mean, I think he's a really good option. He played 32 minutes in their last game, so Turner looks really good if he plays. If he doesn't play, then we can look uh, to Isaiah Jackson. Jalen Smith will look a bit better, too, as well. Um, and then also, they ran a tighter rotation last game. Like, Buddy Heel played 38 minutes. Um, if he's going to play that many minutes, I definitely have interest in, in uh, Buddy Heald. Rookie Benedict Matherin also had a really good game off the bench. He's a guy that's going to come out and chuck. So 6K, I'm interested in him for GPPs. Duarte started, but he didn't play much. Um, Naismith also missed last game, as did McConnell. So he saw a little bit more run for Andrew Nemhard. Keep an eye on those uh, injury status with, with Naismith and McConnell. If they're both out again. Then uh, Matherin probably sees a few more minutes, and they probably start Duarte again. The Brooklyn side, so great matchup here uh, for the Nets. Price points, just no one really stands out, but like, you're going to get KD and Kyrie low on in the slate. So um, I don't hate going to either of these guys. Um, they, they both have a ceiling. We haven't seen like the massive game from KD yet. We've seen Kyrie go for 60 plus a couple times. Ben Simmons is 6'4", uh, kind of indifferent on him in the mid-range. He's a guy that can stuff the stat sheet. Almost went for triple-double last game, but feels priced about right. Fox in a 5'4", kind of just there. Royce O'Neal is playing big minutes, but... Yeah, he's a relatively safe value. Seth Curry came back, only played limited minutes, so can't go there yet. Detroit Milwaukee's this game has massive blowout risk, but if the game can stay competitive, you know why, right? So Kate Cunningham, after I uh, you know, was hating on him for a bet, three straight really, really good games for Cade. So um, if the Pistons want any chance of keeping this game competitive, it's got to be a big game from Cade Cunningham. So he's intriguing for me for tournaments. With Cade Cunningham coming on last couple games, Jaden Ivey has cooled off. Um so he's more of a contrarian option. Bogdanovich and Bay do both feel a little bit underpriced if this game stays competitive. So I have interest in, in both the wings. Duran uh, was injured last game. We'll see about his status. Isaiah Stewart could pick up a couple more minutes. He played 33 minutes last game. Does have power forward eligibility. So he's a decent option as well there. Um, and then if Jalen Duran misses, I would assume they dust off Nerlens Noel at the flat min price. He'll probably get the back of five minutes. He could be playable if you need someone uh, at that cheap of a price. All right, moving on to Milwaukee. So Giannis into the combo. That tilted me so much in the first half last game. Can we talk about that? I finally buy into Giannis. He plays 12 first half minutes. Someone make that make sense for me. He wasn't in foul trouble. 12 first half minutes for Giannis last game. But other games, he's, when I fade, 40 minutes a game. Well, he was on pace for 24 minutes. Luckily, they played him a ton in the second half. But still, 12 first half minutes. God, I hate Boonholzer so much. 
But yeah, Giannis, the game says competitive, the ceiling is massive. Through Holiday, we saw a big game from him. He's a decent option, too, if you think it stays competitive, but there is some blowout risk here. Portis and Lopez, the front court, are both solid plays, too, in a good matchup. I'd probably give the edge to Portis, but Brooke Lopez probably plays a couple more minutes. Grace Nalen has cooled off, but again, he's score independent. I don't think I want to mess with like Javon Carter or any of this gross bench value. So let's move on to Memphis and Utah. Game that does look appealing once again. John Morant status up in the air. He's currently questionable. If he misses, we know what to do, right? Tyus Jones will look like a great option. Dylan Brooks would get a boost, as would Desmond Baines. So that's where the offense would run through those three guards. Now, um, if John Morant is in, then Bain feels a little pricey. Jones is definitely overpriced. Brooks feels priced about right. So that's definitely going to change the slate, the status of John Morant. And Ja himself, I don't know if it would be a priority, but would definitely be a solid GPP play. The front court and Adams Ladama are kind of just there. Adams did only play 19 minutes last game, did deal with some foul trouble, and they still didn't play Brandon Clark that much. Santa Claus Aldama um, has been pretty quiet last couple games. He's still playing big minutes, though, so he's a fair play there. Conchar, if there's no jaw, probably gets decent minutes off the bench. If jaw plays, his minutes probably tick down a bit. And then you did see pretty big minutes for David Roddy. He played 27 minutes, um, one for 29 fancy points. I don't know if we can expect that type of run again from Roddy, but I think he's worth a look in GPPs. On the Utah side, so uh, we do have Mike Conley back, so probably can't get to uh, Colin Sexton. Front court, Lori Markin, this is the guy with the highest ceiling. Um, you know, he's getting 15, 20 shots up a game, so he's in play for me for GPPs. Clarkson at 6-1, fine tournament option as well. Um, and he is a little bit of a higher ceiling than Conley. Conley a little bit of a higher floor than Clarkson. Olenek, I finally faded him, played him here. Massive foul trouble, played him here. Massive foul trouble, finally faded. 8 of 10 shooting, 43 fancy points. He says that a foul trouble is a solid play. Jared Vanderbilt was on pace for a triple-double, then didn't close. That really tilted me. He's still a decent option. Sexton, if he comes on the bench, feels priced about right, as does Malik Beasley. Um, my boy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, it was actually him that played a lot last game, not THT. Uh, but with, with us, uh, Mike Conley back, I don't think I want to mess with the, the Jazz Valley. Outside of like maybe a little bit of Beasley or Sexton, but... Final game here, we got Houston and the Clippers. This one should be a good one. Anytime I see the Rockets on the schedule, um, it's just a game, right, that if it stays competitive, it has a high ceiling. Because Houston, uh, they play fast, and they play not a lot of defense. So uh, the two guards, KPJ and Jalen Green, both look good. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., the much safer option. He's the guy that's, you know, stuck in the stat sheet. Jalen Green, unfortunately, is more score independent. He has burned me last couple games, shooting 4 of 19, 5 of 18, even 6 of 20. I just know if I fade him tomorrow, if I fade Jalen Green, he's going for 50 fancy points. I just know what's going to happen. Jabari Smith, um, 6.1 feels a little bit too pricey. I like him more when he's playing the center. Uh, my boy, Sangoon, finally, again, getting the start last couple games, 36-31 minutes, or 36-31 fancy points, 25-29 minutes. I think he looks really good, assuming he can stay out of foul trouble. And then Eric Gordon should be back here. He's a fair value play. If he's back, then Jay Sean Tate kind of becomes... Not auto-play, but definitely a lot riskier. He started last game, played 30 minutes. Finally, the Clippers. So Kawhi Leonard's out. John Wall expected to rest. And Robert Covington's out. This seems relatively thin. Paul George has been awful over the last couple games. Really, really bad. 4 of 11, 4 of 12, 5 of 19 shooting. But this, you would think, would be the get-right spot here for Paul George. No Kawhi, no Wall. Uh, no Covington doesn't really affect Paul George too much. But um, great matchup. I like him as a bounce back candidate. I don't think he's going to continue to shoot like 10% from the field. So 
I do have some interest in Paul George. I always like Big Zoo in GPPs. His minutes can fluctuate. You know, there's games where he's playing mid-30s minutes. There's games where he's playing low-20s. If you get one of those games where he closes and he plays a lot, like uh, the two games against OKC, he can break the slate. So I do like Zubashi. It is a great matchup, too, here. Norman Powell, don't get me started on this guy. I mean, just... Oh. Back-to-back, really good shooting games for Norman Powell. I'm so, so happy for him. All that played him, so happy. Not tilted at all. No way. Um, but yeah, Powell's solid if he can hit his shots. Uh, with John Wall not expected to play, I do kind of have some interest in Reggie Jackson. He played 37 Mets here against the Thunder. Um, don't know if we get that type of run, but if we get 30-plus Mets from Reggie at this price point in this matchup, I definitely have some interest there. Uh, Marcus Morris, I think, is a relatively safe value play, too. Um, he should probably play high 20s to low 30s minutes. And then off the bench, so the starting lineup should be Reggie, Powell, George, Morris, and Zubac. Off the bench, you're going to see Mann, you're going to see Kennard, you're going to see Batum, and you probably see Coffee dusted off. Um, but this grouping of like Mann, Kennard, Batum all look pretty similar to me. There's no standouts, but these guys should see, you know, low 20s minutes, I would I would think. Um, so they're all like fair plays in, in Mann, in Batum, and in... Uh, Canard. Don't think I'm going to go to uh, Mirror Coffee, though. So, yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up the video. So, again, if you haven't enjoyed the content, make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. As always, I appreciate it, and I will see you all in the next video.